Hello and welcome to ESP Tipcast 129. Taper Talk. Hey folks, it is the 129th Tipcast for the ESP Tipcast and I am actually uh, still in recovery mode from from nationals. Um, after the race, I, I was trying to recover from injury and then just trying to get my training back on. And uh, I got things going again. But then my daughter picked up a cold. And if you have kids, you know, uh, I picked up the cold. So I've got a cold right now. But I did have a good block of training and just trying to kind of get my head and body back into it for my next upcoming race, which is going to be the Xterra EX2 in Cumberland, Maryland. If you're going to the Xterra up there, uh, you'll want to check out my clinic. I got some new features this year. Going to try to be a little bit more uh, organized. In the past, we've done a lot of kind of a a freewheeling clinic with a lot of Q&A, and I, I think this year we're going to go through and, and, and just talk about uh, race preparation and then each stage of the race. So you want to check that out, and I will definitely have some giveaways still working on those as well, but we're going to have some giveaways at that clinic too. So if you're looking for a great race and, uh, and you're looking to actually – uh, maybe get into Xterra for the first time, head on over to www.ex2adventures.com. Uh, they do a great series of races, a lot of trail running, so you want to check that out. However, I'm uh, going to get back into it, and today we're going to actually talk about tapering. And this is one that I've, I've touched on in the past, and you know, I've really tried to put some thought into you know my own tapering and, and really what I keep coming back to is that tapering is is just really hard. It's hard to do a decent taper. It's hard to uh, kind of bring everything together. It's it's very convoluted sometimes, the, the information that we hear on tapering. And it can be a little bit confusing, you know, I think for a lot of people to, to, to try to dial in their taper and really try to bring together what the research says, and what we can actually apply to real life. Uh, and if you're a listener of the Velo News podcast or, their, or the Fast Talk podcast, I guess it is, uh, they cover tapering, and I'm not going to go into a lot of the deep dive. I, I thought in general they did a pretty good job. There were some things that I disagreed with, um, and, and, and those might be highlighted a little bit in this tip cast, but again, if you're looking for a lot of background information, it, you know, head on over there. Uh, you can get some good information there, I'm sure. But in general, what I find with a lot of people is that they try to pull stuff from articles and they try to maybe pull from the research. And if you're not familiar with just tapering in general, what it comes down to is that I'd say the vast majority of the research says that you need to do a big block of training, uh, and then you have to go into kind of this this taper mode where you're cutting volume, you're 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 maintaining or maybe increasing intensity, you're maintaining your training frequency, and then you're going to come in and you're going to race, you know, spectacularly. And I I think most of the research on this is pretty good. 
Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the research has been done on single sports, so particularly uh, swimming is the big one. It's really easy to control training and swimming. There's not a lot been done in the sport of cycling. There, there, there is some, and there is a good case report on a mountain biker uh, at, at the elite level. But as far as triathlon goes, one of the difficulties that I found with triathlon is is how do you taper? Okay, you've got three sports. You know, are you are you trying to taper for for one of those events, or, or, or are you trying to taper for all of them? Which, which is ludicrous. Um, and so what I've tried to do over the years is, is try to find the middle ground. And honestly, it's, it's not even in the middle. Um, so with that, I'm going to offer you, uh, a few questions and then, uh, some tips on, on how you can do this. And, and really the first question or two is how predictable is your life in general and how predictable is your event? Uh, if, Racing isn't your, your, your job or your major time commitment, then that formula for tapering is just going to frustrate you, okay? And I think that's probably not the way you're going to want to go. Likewise, I find that outside of maybe road running and road triathlon and perhaps maybe open water swimming, the very measured taper formulas don't work well. Okay, um, and and anytime you're going to throw in more of a mix of, of of things that could happen in the race, uh, things get a little bit more difficult. I always found it somewhat difficult to tape to taper for cycling, especially for a single event, and in general for bike racing. I I, I find it's better just to try to maybe uh, taper and peak for a race that's maybe a week or two out. Um, in general, if you peak for a race, it's not like the peak disappears. And I know. Uh, this is one of the things that came up on the Fast Talk podcast is how long can you hold that peak? And I'm not going to get into that. But in general, if you peak, you're you're going to be able to peak and, and kind of hold that peak for a week or so. And in bike racing, you can hold pretty good form for a while. But if you're trying to get to one absolute perfect peak, you're probably going to fail. Okay. Even pros try to hit there and they don't get it. So if you're, if your life is not very predictable, don't try to peak just for one specific event and don't try to follow a formula. Case in point, many of the events that I do, uh, or have done are somewhat unpredictable. Okay. So particularly with Xterra, you have a swim and although it's, it's kind of your, you're going to run your own race or, or, or ride, there's a lot of stuff involved in it, particularly with the mountain biking and the skill part of mountain biking, that there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So rather than stress about hitting some perfect form, I prefer to just aim for feeling good. And for Xterra, feeling comfortable about the venue is really going to be the most important. Having uh, a pre-ride of the course um, can really, really wreak havoc on very specific tapers, but you don't have to worry about it. Okay, because the bottom line is if you know the course better and your mountain biking skills are better, that's going to be way more beneficial to you than some kind of perfect race form. Okay, and and while I'm a strong proponent of, you know, really looking at the evidence, I think, again, applying that science of tapering is going to be about pulling out the most relevant aspects. And so with that, here are kind of the things that you want to look for. Um, any heavy training periods have to end about 14 days out. Okay. This is somewhat ambiguous and, uh, 
so, sometimes, in my opinion, mistakenly taken as a criteria for tapering, like you've got to hit that big training load and then taper. In order to taper for an event, you don't need to hammer yourself into the ground weeks before the event. More important is that consistent training of uh, of uh, training load or, or that consistency there. And the main reason you aim for completing all of your major training is really to allow for enough time to adapt okay your body's got to kind of soak up all that training and and really adapt to it and while it's hard to measure in loose terms whatever you do for training today will ultimately be realized probably 10 or more days out from now okay and and again that's pretty loose but it's going to take a certain amount of time there's a lag time so bottom line wrap up significant training a couple weeks out to give yourself time to both recover and hone your fitness all right, and one of the things that I like to do is really have maybe a, a nice recovery week, and that's not where I do nothing, but it's a recovery week two weeks before the race, okay? Because then I'm really recovered, and then I can really fine tune my training that week before the event, so that I I, I kind of come into the event feeling good again. Um, another thing you want to look at is a reduction in volume of about half. Obviously, this can vary a lot based on your present training volume. So if you're training under 10 hours a week, that reduction might only be about 25%. But the fact is, is that you're, you're going to have to reduce your training somewhat. And so one of the things that I like to do is look at what kind of my average training week is before a weekend and reduce that amount of training before a race, because you don't want to include the race time in your, you know, kind uh, your planning of, of, of the event because I could do a race and still hit pretty close to my normal training volume. So I really look out, you know, you know, if the race is on a Sunday, what am I doing Monday through Friday? Okay, and that's the reduction in volume that I'm going to do. Uh, one thing that, that everyone can agree on with the research across the board is that the intensity has to be high. Okay, most simplistically, this means that you shouldn't spend the week or so before your event just taking it easy. Better to train less and even train less often than to train easier, all right? And and again, that doesn't mean you have to go out and do intervals or hard training every single day, but you've got to have some intensity in there. So it might be a hard run, or it might be a hard run, ride if you're a cyclist only. Uh, you know, it might be a good interval session that week or maybe two really short interval sessions. Now, from a triathlon standpoint, you really want to look at what what event or what sport is really going to give you the most bang for your buck if you're going to do an intensity workout the week before a race. And in general, again, this is my opinion, but I'm going to stick pretty hard to this, is that the swim and the bike are going to be the most important uh, aspects. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a second. But those are the ones you want to target, particularly the swim. If you're going to pick an event that you really want to quote unquote taper for, taper for the swim. And I am not a strong swimmer, but I taper for my swim because, again, you're not going to win the race in the swim, but having a really shitty swim is just going to make your life hell the rest of the day. So you want to make sure that you're real sharp in the swim so that you can get out on the bike and then you can find your rhythm. So maybe even doing a swim and then a bike brick that week just so you can kind of get that rhythm of getting out of the water and then onto the bike. So I'll give you a specific example of what I do for an Xterra. And I follow pretty much the same plan. There's small variations based on the you know the race schedule. Um, but I follow the same plan for Xterra 
infrared triathlon. Now, assuming that the race is on Sunday, I either do two short runs during the week, might be three miles, or I'll do one longer run as I did at this year's nationals because I got in on a Tuesday, I'd been driving all day, and, and I, I, I went out to the course. I wanted to preview the course. I knew it was going to be twisty and windy, so I went out there on Tuesday and I ran the whole course. Uh, and then I did a second at least partial lap. And, and I really do that uh, no less than two days before the race. In other words, I never, ever run the day before the race. And I often don't even run two days before the race. Now, again, that's me, but I simply cannot understand why I see athletes all the time doing a ride and a run or even sometimes a full try the day before the race. Now, it might be short, but like WTF, folks, what are you there for? Are you there to race or are you there to just practice all your skills the day before the race? Uh, unlike a single event uh, sport like cycling or running, the fatigue of the swim and the bike alter your running far more than not running the day before will. Again, I just can't understand it. There are a handful of exceptions, but it if I had to preview a run course the day before, I'd probably preview the ride course and then ride my bike on the run course just because I can ride a lot easier. Now for Xterra, I'm typically going to ride the course the day before because knowing the mountain bike course is essential. It's essential coming out of T1 and trying to pass early on and know, you know, you're knowing is there a good place to pass? Are there efforts that I need to make early on to get past as many people as possible? And safety. Okay, single track mountain biking, a little bit more dangerous. If there's a super technical spot, I want to know that. All right, I generally don't need that for running. But again, if I get there early, like at this year's nationals, I knew that course was convoluted. I know I don't think straight on race day. So I wanted to check out that course. And I've been burned. I've, I've, I've gone to races where, uh, you, you know, the course wasn't well marked and, and I paid the price. Uh, in fact, exterior Syracuse a few years ago, well, I went from third to sixth overall because the course was not marked well. They had no marshals and I, I didn't have time to, to, to check out the run course the day before. But long story short here is that if you're going to put your energy into the day before the race, do the mountain bike. If it's a really big event and you show up a few days ahead of time, you might ride that course a couple of times. Uh, even for a road try, knowing the first few miles of the bike can help you avoid very serious slowdowns and even a crash. So, you know, bike is really important the day before. Now, I mentioned swimming earlier, and I said, you know, if you're going to focus on one area where you're going to taper, uh, you know, the swim is it. For me, most important thing that I can do is get in one really key workout. It's going to be a hard workout, and it might actually be a moderately long session. So a long session for me might be, you know, 2,000 or more meters, and I might do maybe 1,600 meters. But I'm going to have some intensity in there. I might have a block of race pace and do some intervals. But the main thing is that I do that with about two days in between that and the race because I find that if I train hard in the swim and then I have like like a two-day rest period, I just seem to feel better. Uh, you, you know, and so you might be a little bit different, but if you're really worried about the feel of the water as, you know, a lot of people 
we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. I just think that's complete bullshit. Um, I've never really swam good if I had a bunch of swim workouts the week before a race. Now, this might be different if you are coming from a competitive swimming background. Again, I like the feel of the bike. I like to kind of get that rhythm. So, so there are some individual differences there. But if you're not a great swimmer, don't waste your time doing lots of swim training the week before a race. Get in one or two key workouts, nice intensity, and you'll be ready. So then to recap, you want to cut your overall training. Okay, Uh, if you're not training a ton, again, my big training weeks are usually about 10 hours and I might be training about eight hours. I don't have to cut a lot, but you want to cut your training back the five or six days before the race. Do some hard efforts to stay sharp and don't ruin your race by training too much just days before the race. Even at this year's nationals, I rode my bike and I ran ran as easy as possible in most of the spots. And I really let the climbs dictate some of the intensity. It was really hot. As for my swim, I hit some good intervals at the pool, saw that my swim times were really near my best. So I took some solace in that. But more than anything else, I felt like shit the whole week. Okay, and I've said that before, and I'm not kidding you, I felt terrible. So I opted to rest as much as possible. I upped my carb intake three days out, and come race day, I still felt like shit. Uh, and I didn't really start to feel decent until I got into the race. I felt, I, I felt okay in the swim. You know, I, I didn't feel bad, it didn't feel awesome, but I was having a decent swim. I felt solid on the bike. In the run, I was at the level I was going to be at, and I had a good pace, and that's all I needed. So really, you got to have some faith in your training and not get caught up in the mental mind games that we we just so often sabotage ourselves with. All right, folks, that is it for TipCast 129. A little bit longer than some TipCast, but I really thought that this is a good way to, to, to kind of help people prep for their upcoming races. If you have specific questions about tapering, please feel free to email me at esppodcast at gmail.com. That's esppodcast at gmail.com. You can also head on over to the website. We are getting a new website, as I mentioned. Uh, But you can head on over there, www.espanswers.com. Please take the time to donate. Hit the donate button, 510, uh, $100. I know it would be super helpful. uh, Because, and this is really the biggest, biggest news, if you follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, we are hiring. Yes, it's not a joke. I've actually put out uh, the ads for it. it. It's not paid, okay, because I don't get paid to do this, uh, at least for now. Uh, hoping to monetize this podcast, uh, but we are hiring. If you're interested in being a co-host, please head on over to our Facebook page. There is a link to the survey it's basically just a short survey answer some questions and i'm going to be picking a co-host to help me develop this podcast we are going to be rebranding i've already decided that Uh, esp tipcast is going to be staying we've got some big changes in the works for the podcast i'm really excited about this Uh, i'm finally going to take the time to develop the podcast and and really take it not necessarily in a new direction but I think open up the directions of what we're going to do and got some some uh, potential sponsors that I'm talking to and, and, and doing some other stuff. So as always, folks, I uh, really appreciate you listening. And remember, if you're not thinking ahead, you're falling behind. Later. <laughs>